All right, everybody, welcome back to the showcase. I'm your host, Paris Jackson. On today's episode, we got naming of some trophies. Want to get that one to you real quick and then just a general update, short episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the showcase. What is up, everybody? Happy middle of December. We are fast approaching that stretch of year where people start to forget exactly what time it is, what day it is, everything in that type of thing with the last couple of weeks of the year. Um, You know, as we fast approach Christmas and the Christmas lineup, the winding down of the NFL, obviously fantasy football playoffs are kicking off. I hope you made it in your league. And if you didn't make it, you at least got to take somebody out by setting your lineup properly. That's always fun as well. But in terms of the NBA, things are kind of cruising along as usual. You know, I was just talking about this the other day. And uh, usually we'll have had something major happen by now, whether it's a trade or a major injury or a coach getting fired or something. And it's been fairly bland of a season so far now that's not to say that we haven't had some good basketball take the game last night Lakers Celtics overtime thriller you know that one was back and forth back and forth nationally televised game highly competitive and entertaining um and there's been a ton of other games throughout the course of the season that have matched the intensity um but from a talk track standpoint there just hasn't been a ton going on um you know, to the point where I was like, why do the Lakers have nine nationally televised games? If I can just go on a side point about the Lakers real quick, I thought based on how they started the season, they were, you know, abysmal lead to have 18 nationally televised games between this and next month. Uh, but so far, they've been playing at least to their competition. You know, things are starting to come together a little bit more for the Lakers, maybe credit to Darvin Ham. And what he's been able to do from a coaching standpoint. But as we record this, after last night's loss, the Lakers are sitting at 10 and 14, if I'm not mistaken, um, and have really turned it around in their last 10 or 12 games, put together a good kind of post Thanksgiving play over the last couple of weeks, which is good for them. Um, You know, unfortunately, at this juncture, they're still out of playoff contention, but they're in the hunt. They're only, you know, a game and a half back from the 11 spot Timberwolves and only you know three and a half games back from the 10 spot last plan spot so Lakers could definitely get there um, next to them are Timberwolves and Warriors who still have yet to right the ship Timberwolves as expected Warriors man gotta wake up out of that at championship hangover man sitting at 500 with a pretty abysmal difference between the home and away records warriors are 12 and 2 at home but only 2 and 12 on the road it's um never seen the warriors this bad on the road um and i don't know what if what it is they had a generally favorable schedule as far as you know the breaks in between the games they haven't had really any like traveling back-to-backs for the most part i mean they've definitely had back-to-backs uh, short distance travel, if anything, at home back to backs. Uh, but to be two and twelve, man, that's that's 
pretty much dead set for the league worst. The only other team that's close would be, of course, the Rockets at three and thirteen. Uh, but their their record is horrendous. They're nine and eighteen overall. The Mavs have a almost five hundred record at fourteen and thirteen as well, and they're three and nine on the road. Um, and most teams float around the five hundred. Even the Pelicans, who have the number one seed in the West, are six and six on the road. And and if you go to the Eastern counterparts, you know the third best team is the Cavs, and they're five and nine on the roads, but. You know, two and twelve is a far cry from five and nine for sure. Five and nine is manageable, right? You win one out of every three games on the road. Two of twelve, you win one out of every six. Um, you know, that's obviously easy math. The only teams with winning records on the road at this point are the Celtics at eleven and five, the Bucks at seven and four, the Knicks surprisingly at seven and six. And that's it for the Eastern Conference. Every other team has a losing record. And, of course, the teams at the bottom of the Eastern Conference are are almost just as bad on the road. Pistons, 3 of 13. Hornets, 3 and 11. Magic, 1 and 11. Wizards, 3 and 10. Bulls, 4 and 10, right? But they are bad teams. Even the Bulls, who, as constructed, should be a lot better. In the West, the road records, you know, Pelicans, 6 and 6. Grizzlies, 6 and 7. Nuggets, 9 and 7. That's your first you know, winning record on the on the road belongs to Denver. Then you have the Suns at four and nine, Blazers at eight and six, Clippers at eight and seven. Those two teams are quite surprising. Um, you know, having both home and away records being winning records, um, and just taking the fifth and the sixth seeds. Uh, and then after that, no one else has a winning record. So as far as teams that play well on the roads, make sure you circle Clippers, Blazers, of course, Celtics, Bucks. Even the Nets are 7-7. Seven and seven. And the Knicks, everyone else is, you know, bad on the road. But the Warriors especially, right, with their championship pedigree, should not be this bad on the road. Um, and right now they're sitting in the 10th spot at 10-10, and 10, playing the Pacers as I record this. I've not yet checked the score. I'm going to just go back and watch the full game. Once this is over, of course, I had to work and finish up work around 5 and then started recording this. So, um, you know, they're probably about halfway through the game. I'm sure I can spoil it and check the score, but I'm trying not to, just to enjoy some Warriors basketball tonight. Um, but as I was saying before, you know, the, the news has been quite bland on the NBA, right? Uh, And I think the NBA would almost agree because they have chosen to rename all the awards um, that were previously, in my opinion, just perfectly named uh, for what they were awarded for. And I think the, uh, the timing is literally because the, they just don't have anything to really talk about right now. And, I mean, there's been awards that have been named after players before, like, you know, the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP Award, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, Bob Lanier Community Assist Award. Like, so those have all had, you know, names attached to them. So I guess it was only a matter of time. But you'd have to admit the, the timing of the NBA awards being named is kind of peculiar and I, I 
believe it's got to be because because there's nothing really going on to draw the attention. Uh, and some of that, of course, is because there is, you know, so much, you know, going on around the sport with what you have going on with the World Cup, with what you have going on with the NFL, um, you know, and just obviously the global macro environments that normally pull your attention away from sports as a whole that the NBA is kind of like, hey, we need to do something here to kind of, you know, spice things up and draw some attention and honestly do the media solid and give them something to talk about. Um, I mean, prior to this, you did have a few awards being named that's gone for a while. Like the classic one is Larry O'Brien, right? That's the championship trophy, right? That's named after the first commissioner, right? That makes sense right um you know prior to that it was the walter a brown who who was one of the team owners that helped formulate the nba you know and he was the championship trophy from 1947 to 1977 you know the eastern conference and western conference champions were named just this past season right the bob Cousy trophy and the oscar robertson trophies um so this whole naming thing the timing is a little peculiar, but it's it's been it's been coming right because you know they also introduced the Eastern Conference playoffs. What is it like the Eastern Conference playoffs MVP Larry Bird trophy and the Western Conference playoffs MVP Magic Johnson trophy was also introduced last year. Um, hell, even all the divisions, <laughs> even all the divisions were given a name. Uh, for a trophy last year, uh, which is crazy, right? Atlantic Division is the Sweetwater Clifton Trophy. The Central Division is the Wayne Embry Trophy. Southeast Division is the Earl Lloyd Trophy. The Southwest is the Willis Reed Trophy. The Northwest Division is the Sam Jones Trophy. And the Chuck Cooper Trophy is the all-time favorite Pacific Division Trophy. So it's like not even a banner anymore. Like Like prior to last year, or this year, or whatever, you would just have a banner that just says division champ and the year. But now it's like you get a Chuck Cooper 2022 trophy and have to decipher that that means that that means you win the the Pacific division for that year, right? So it's kind of like, yo, like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> you know? And it all started because they renamed the freaking all-star game uh mvp trophy after kobe when he died which felt appropriate at the time but that just led to just this crazy cascade of naming trophies it's like well that one has a name so now you got to name everything it's like you run into a pack of dogs and one of them walks up to you and you give him a treat and you're like i like you you're named spot and now you're like fuck i named spot so now i gotta name dot and freaking eric and blazer and whatever else you're gonna name all the rest of the the dogs um eric's not really a, a dog name but it just popped into my brain um but it's crazy it's like you know what i mean like why even name all of these coaches right red Auerbach, coach of the year trophy i mean that one's been around for for a long time uh finals mvp bill russell that one's been around since 2009 at least he got to see it before he died um you know and it's just like on and on and on you know, it's kind of catching up, I guess, with the rest of these ones. Because prior to this, 
it was, you know, obviously the MVP never had an award. Coach of the year was the Red Auerbach Coach of the Year, named for arguably one of the best coaches of all time, uh, especially best probably Celtic coach of all time, if that makes sense. But, you know, the rest of these, the Citizenship Award, that makes sense. J. Walter Kennedy, right? Like, you know, that made sense. But the rest of the awards never had a name after them, right? It was just kind of dumb um, to do so. Um, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award, that was created after Kobe was already named All-Star Gabe MVP Award. And it's weird because you don't see this in any other sport, naming so many different pieces after these different you know, players of days past. It's kind of weird, right? I can't imagine the the Jerry Rice Offensive Player of the Year award, right? Or the freaking Tom Brady Quarterback of the Year award. Like, that doesn't, it doesn't click. Only in the NBA would they do this and take this time. But it kind of, I mean, it kind of speaks to, I guess, you know, how much they, the, the, the players are individualized in the NBA versus other sports. And I guess the, the Lombardi trophy is the championship trophy in the NFL. So maybe you do see this a little bit in different sports. And I'm sure a quick Google search could help. Um, yeah, there's no, I'm looking at, you know, I just Google it real quick. So you're watching me research in real time, folks. Um, the, <laughs> I just Googled it and I'm looking at the list of awards and it's like, no, none of the awards other than the championship award have a name other than the buckets award in the NFL. But that was named after Dick buckets because it was presented by the Dick buckets foundation, um, which is basically, an award given to a top collegiate linebacker. Okay, that's fine. Do that, right? Uh, all the other awards are just your regular defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, you know, all that good stuff. The conference champions are named after somebody. Lamar Hunt, AFC conference champion, founder of the Kansas City Chiefs. George Hallis, NFC champion. Named after founder of the Chicago Bears, George Hallis. So, like, that's it. that's it. So, you have, like, your conference championships and then your total championships. Which, I think if you ask the average person, hey, what was the conference champion trophy called in NFL? They would not be able to answer that. Like, literally go and freaking go to your next trivia game. Hey, trivia makers, go and, go and put that as a trivia question and see how many people get wrong. Right, and if anybody gets that right, be like, "Hey, dude, give me your fucking phone right now, because I know you're cheating on trivia." And matter of fact, just leave right now. Don't even finish your beer. Just leave because we don't we don't take cheaters in trivia. But if you ask somebody, "Hey, name the two conference champion trophy names," and they get it right, straight to jail, straight to jail, bro. Because there's no fucking way. Because nobody knows that shit. Um. I guess in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter, right? What they're called in so much as the award 
itself be awarded to the correct person. And that's really all that matters. You know, who cares what the clutch award is called? Actually, the clutch award is a fucking sick ass name, but I don't know how who they're going to award that to. So they're going to be like off. I feel like that's almost like an offensive MVP award or like most points in the fourth quarter award right like clutch like who's the most clutch player like clutch has many definitions how are you just going to singularly define the clutch award right so here we go let's google it and see what they say um now getting recognized by clutch blah 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 best clutch player the jerry west clutch player award is awarded and there's a bunch of a bunch of fucking nothing there's no set definition yet um yeah there's no there's no like reasoning behind what is the clutch award so like who's a, who's voting for this like who's voting on who the most clutch player is and what's their like criteria i guess if i was voting for a clutch player it would be like field goal percentage within two possessions like in games within like within like within two score games in the last five minutes right or would you just add an extra minute and make it the whole last half of the fourth quarter like last six minutes games within let's call it seven points right because it's essentially two scores even though you need one of them to be a four point play within seven points field goal percentage like pra i guess points rebounds and assists because you can have you can be like a clutch in the defense too you can have like a defensive steal that seals the game and like how do you weigh how do you weigh a game tying three-pointer versus a game a go-ahead two-pointer or a go-ahead free throw like are they all weighted the same like a point is a point is a point but if whatever point puts you ahead like if Steph Curry or Damian Lillard or Paul George or Trey Young hits a half-court shot is that going to be weighed the same as you know whatever Anthony Davis take foul you know somebody's playing the foul game hack hack a davis he goes the line and makes a free throw like i guess technically both are clutch but like one is one is like i guess way more impressive and the other one is just like fundamental basketball it's like how do you rank those you know so i'll be curious i'll be i want to see who's the inaugural winner of the jerry west clutch award i don't i going off tangent i don't think they needed to, to make this award because it's i I mean it's the same i guess as you know six man of the year and you know mvp and rookie of the year like they're all very subjective awards and i guess you can't make them objective like the only objective award is like the leaders and those aren't even awards like you have a scoring title great but that's not like an award you're not like offensive mvp based on scoring you know I mean, you can get DPOY probably off, like, steals and rebounds, right? Like Rudy Gobert, DPOY, multi-time winner, um, off rebounds and blocks and just being a presence in the paint. But, like, 
I don't know, man. I don't I don't I don't love the awards and I don't love the renaming of them. I don't love the timing of the renaming. I think it's all just eyewash and you know, basically gives you something to talk about. But it gave me something to talk about today, so I appreciate that. Hell yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Okay, switching over to the gambling a, a bit, just to give you like 10 more minutes here on this episode before we, we shut her down. said it was going to be short, but, you know, let's at least get to the 30-minute mark, Paris. Here we go. Um, so I wanted to talk about just the philosophy behind the picks a little bit, right? Because it's one thing to obviously come up with the picks and just post them, and, you know, there's like octopi that pick you know, March Madness games and seals that pitch Mar- Mar- March Madness games and stuff like that. So the point is you can just throw your, you can just throw your hat in the ring at any point that you want and just say, Hey, this is what I pick, um, without any science behind it. And part of that is, is a little bit of the strategy. The kids say there's every single pick where I just didn't have a good feeling about it and stayed away or I had a good feeling and went with it. Right. Like that happens all the time. But I think the other part of it is is doing some research. So I just wanted to walk through, you know, the process that I go through on a nightly basis to kind of set up the picks for the following day. And sometimes the information that I'm given is bad. Sometimes the information I'm given doesn't matter. Sometimes the information plays a huge role in the pick. Uh, so usually the first thing, obviously, that I do is wait for the game lines to come out. They usually come out at the conclusion of you know, the previous night's game. So once all the games are over, they come out. So like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 1030, sometimes, you know, they're out. So if they're not out at night, they'll definitely be out by the morning. And I look at the matchups, right? I look at which one is far and away, just easily going to be the pick here. You know, like if the Thunder are playing the Celtics and you know, Shade Gilgis Alexander is out and Josh Giddy's out and Lou Dort's out, right? Like that's pretty safe to say the Celtics are gonna win that game, but I'm not confident to say that they're gonna cover like twenty points, right? Like if the spread is twenty in an NBA game, run away, right? Or take take the other side because they're gonna cover for the most time. Right. So as a you know, as I was putting this together, the line I looked at, I was like, Wizards by eleven and a half versus the Nuggets, right? The Nuggets are favored by 11 and a half points. So then I'm like, okay, well, who's in and who's out for the Wizards? Because that looks like a line to me where there's like no coups and no Mon- uh, no coups and no Bradley Beal, right? So you got to obviously, you know, know who's injured and who's sitting out. But the, um, so I would just go, you can go online and just search, you know, who's out Denver game, who's out Wizards game. And you'll know that Kristaps Porzingis and Bradley Beal and Rui Hachimura are all out for that game. So you're like, okay, no Kristaps Porzingis, no Rui Hachimura. Jokic should eat, right? Like who's who's their backup big that's going to come in for the Wizards and basically slow Jokic down? Nobody, right? So now I'm looking at Jokic props. Like, okay, well, maybe I'm not confident in the Nuggets covering 11.5 because they've kind of been up and down this year. They are very good on the road. Their home record isn't as good. But if I'm looking at Jokic PRA 
for this game at 44 and a half, I'm like, hmm, he could probably get, you know, 12, 15 rebounds. That puts him, he needs 30 between points and assists. If he gets like a a 25-point triple-double, like, we're in the money. So that minus 117, Jokic over 44 and a half PRA, like, makes a lot of sense. Um, so I might take that. I might, you know, versus taking the point spread or the point total or anything like that. So, and you just kind of go through that, not for all the games, right? Because some of them don't make any sense, right? Your close, close matchups, heated matchups, you know, you're not going to spend any time on it, right? Kings Raptors is another good one that you look at and you're like, all right, who's out? Kevin Herter, Alex Len, okay. Kings have most of the team. Who's out for the Raptors? Precious Achua, OG Ananobi, Otto Porter's out. Hmm. Some good players out, and the Kings are getting five points, you know, with De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. I might take Kings plus five here. That looks like a mis- mismatch here. You know, the Raptors are very good with, um, you know, Siakam and Fred Van Vliet and, you know, the other players on their team that can step up, and obviously the coaching is very good. Um, but I just feel confident with the Kings on the road. Um, so that would be how I put together – you know, the the point props that I'm looking at, the spreads, everything like that. So essentially, I just look at the matchups. Yeah, a little bit of is a, is a gut feel because at the end of the day, the lines are set to be 50% on one side, 50% on the other. But the way I find value is digging into, you know, the player matchups, thinking about who's going to be on the court, who are the backups, very much the same as you would put together like a daily fantasy setup. But just using that information to place it on prop bets. So, like, you know, the the one that hit last night was Zion Williamson over 39.5 PRA. And the reason I even took that was because Brandon Ingram was out. Herb Jones was out. I'm like, okay, ball's probably going to come to Zion a little bit more on the offensive end because Brandon Ingram's out, right? So he's going to score a little bit more than usual. You know, he's not going to go crazy because the defense is going to focus on him, but it will score more than usual. And then Herb Jones is out on the defensive side, so he'll probably catch a couple more rebounds. And you know what? He got 40 uh, over 39 and a half, so it was quite a sweat. Um, but it was good, right? And another one that hit last night was Anthony Davis under 13 and a half rebounds. And it's like, wow, Celtics are the number one seed overall, so you know they're good shooters. Lakers are bad shooters, sure, but is, is Anthony Davis going to get 14 rebounds tonight? Like, that's so many. So it just hit the under, and it made sense. Um, and now, you know, they don't always all work out. Like you could have a, a Steph Curry over three and a half threes and he hits three or something like that and then sits out because it's a blowout or something like that. So, of course, gambling has considerable risks. Um, only gamble would you feel comfortable losing. Uh, but that's just the overall like thought process as we're putting these different things together and, and, and looking at picks on a nightly basis. So when you see the picks come out on Twitter – it's not like I just like grabbed him out of thin air and was like, hey, here we go. It's careful consideration knowing the fact that, of course, I have to put one out you know, on a daily basis just so that everybody has something that they can go into the night with. Um, but it's with the the information that is most relevant at the time and, and you know, the consensus of research that I've done on where they're at. So uh, take what you will from that. 
use it on your own. Send me your picks at PJ Showcase on Twitter, on Instagram. You know, DM me whatever you're thinking or however you want to break it down. And, you know, we could always collaborate or whatever. Thank you, as always, for listening. Make sure you stay safe. Um, one more episode, I believe, for the year. And then we'll be rolling into 2023. If change your calendar, update your W4s, all that good stuff. Um, thank you so much again for listening. And as always, stay safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.